Good evening. Uh, welcome back to this online teaching. We have been talking about the importance of taming our tongue, controlling our tongue, if we want to live a good life and a blessed life. And uh, we understand that the tongue actually is so, so important in our life because it can really uh, set in motion the well-being of our whole life if we know how to use it appropriately. But we also know the danger of our tongue because it can be set on fire by hell. That means demon spirit can take over and manipulate our thoughts, our mind and words that brings about death, that brings about destruction uh, in our life. And the Bible also tells us the difficulties in taming, taming the tongue, keeping the tongue in control. And it says that if we can control the tongue, we can control our whole life. That's how powerful our tongue is. And because of this, this evening we want to just learn from the scripture how we can control, how we can tempt our tongue. It's difficult because many times our hearts is being defiled and, and because of that bitter roots in our hearts. So that's when the tongue speaks. And it's very difficult when this relational conflict is between uh, brothers. The book of Proverbs 18 verse 19 says, A brother wrong is more unyielding than a fortified city. Disputes are like the barred gates of a satido. So when a relationship that is good but has broken down, so often it's so difficult to, to bring about healing and restoration. And that's when the tongues begins to be set on fire by hell to bring about destruction. So just a little bit of recap. I feel that it's important. Remind us again that God is listening to us when we speak. Whether you speak good or speak evil, he heard. First Peter 3, 2, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So in other words, whatever we say, there is a consequence. Right? It can move heavens to act on your behalf, or it can turn God against you when what you say is evil in a sense that it brings destruction, division, uh, conflicts, and, and, and uh, death. So God will hold you accountable. God will, when you, especially when you create problems in His church and it causes division in His church, God will turn His face against you. And uh, 
He holds us accountable. So remember, God is listening. And many times we thought, oh, we're just talking. You know, we're not serious. It's just talk. But every word will bring about life or death. Every word spoken, intentional, unintentional, will bring about a result. And that's why God will hold us accountable. The book of Matthew 12, verse 36 to 37. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty words they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, or by your words you will be condemned. So can you see? Every words, everyone who spoke it. Why would God want to bring them up? You know, since we thought we are not serious, we thought we're just talking. Why? Why is God holding us accountable? That is because every words we speak will bring life or death. And uh, we will be, we will have to be accountable uh, to God for it. And you may say, well, what we say didn't hurt anybody, but it will create a negative atmosphere. If you, what, what you say is bad, is evil, or negative, it will create a negative spirit, environment, to where we are or the, the church that we belong. Or it can bring about life. It can bring about peace. It can bring about the glory of God when we speak what is good, what is right. And uh, so the book of James tells us that we must control our tongue. We must keep a tight rein on, their, on our tongue. James 1, 26 those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rank on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. So we who believe in Jesus, we who are Christian, if we say we believe in Jesus and yet our tongue is like a loose cannon, there is no uh, control, we speak and, and words... Uh, brings about damage, brings about death, then it shows that your religion, your faith, your relationship with God is worthless. It's not working. But if we really believe in Jesus, and, and if Jesus is really dwelling in our hearts, our hearts will be filled with thanksgiving, will be filled with praise, and we will, will be filled with faith. So what we speak will reflect what's in our hearts. And uh, because of what Jesus, who Jesus is to us, then the, the, the defilement, the, the hurts, and the problems that is inside would have been swept away. We have been cleansed and we have received our healing and wholeness. So if our religion is of any values, it must be able to cut off those bitter roots that is in our life. It must be able to... Pour out all those bitter roots because of the love of Jesus. So if you claim 
that Jesus is so good and, and you love Jesus, you worship Jesus in your life. And if there's no changes, something is wrong. Your religion is worthless. Or you are fooling yourself. It's, that's why it says you're deceiving yourself because it doesn't tally. So I hope all this uh, uh, warning and, uh, and, and reminds us again how important it is that we keep a tight rein. Well, the scriptures say tight rein, not just rein, tight rein over the words that we speak because of the consequence, because of the impact. Good or bad, it will bring about impact. And every word is important. So you see, if we understand that, I'm sure we will not be talking as much as we are before, right? We will be very careful in what we say, how we say it, so that it will bring about life and blessing uh, to us. So with that introduction, we want to move into our main topic tonight is how because since the control of our tongue is so important, what are the teaching, the wisdom that God has revealed to us from the book of Proverbs to help us to know how to keep a ring over our tongue, how to tame our tongue so that it will not uh, gush forth evil and unrighteousness. The first thing is we have to stop gossiping. We have to, uh, yeah. The book of Proverbs 26 verse 20, 26 verse 20, without wood a fire goes up. Without a gossip a quarrel dies down. Last week we learned our tongue is set on fire by hell. It will continue to burn so long as there are woods, there are fuel to cause it to continue to burn. But if we refuse to gossip, if we refuse to uh, pass on words that is negative words that is not edifying, that doesn't bring about life, eventually it will die. And it dies fast. But if you continue to talk about it and pass words and, and a lot of people, they add in their own interpretation and so things just get out of control. Hellfire is just burning and burning and causes so much destruction. So to, to tame our tongue, stop gossiping, stop passing on or, 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 or information or wanting to know more about things you do not know. You know, some people, they are so foolish. Of course, they will have to stand before God in judgment day. You know, they 
passed on or asked the person, you know, someone say this about you. Not with the intention of building up the person, helping the person and so on. You know, they just want to gossip. They just want to create a bigger problem. In the interest of wanting to know more. So if you are so concerned about this situation, you should tell the person who tell you the, the, that those words and tell them now. You go to the person. You tell the person what you really think if you have not done so. So that the person has a chance. If it's true, the person has a chance to repent. If it's, if it's not true, you can correct yourself. See, so, so there are people, they are just there to gossip. They are just to say, oh, I want to find out. You know, so-and-so say this about you. They are there to cause trouble. I know that. And in church, I know people who have done that. So stop gossiping. Then you will not add fuel to the fire. It will die down. And do not act like a fool that has no control over the emotion, what they speak. Proverbs 12, verse 16. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. Fools, some people, they just react. And then they gush forth in anger, in whatever. They have no control over their emotion. They do not even shift to what they're hearing. They just react, you know, to what is being said. They have no control. But where someone who is righteous, who is prudent, even if those words are insult, they will just, they can overlook an insult. So do not act like a fool if you want to learn how to control your tongue and your words. And also, people who are fools who, who will pick a fight out of anything. Whereas prudent person, someone who has control, just now it says, it overlook and insult. They would not response or react to certain kind of, of uh, situation. Let's learn this lessons. It's not worth to fight over many of the problems that, that troubles many people, that causes so much havoc in their life. Many times we say, oh, it's just a small matter. It's just a small matter. But people cannot let go of small matter. They want to fools pick, pick a fight over everything, over anything. But a prudent person, there are times we need to fight over certain things. But there are a lot of times, just let it go, just drop it. It's not worth your time and your effort to dwell on that. You know, King David, he was going through a tremendous traumatic time because his son Absalom wanted to overthrow him and, and intend to even kill him to take over the kingship. 
And so he had to run for his life. And there was this man by the name Shimi. He was he belongs to the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe of King Saul, who was who had died. And he must have a good great time during King Saul's time. So he really hated David because he blamed David for King Saul's death. So as King David was coming out with his army running away maybe just to avoid bloodshed, maybe just to avoid killing his own son Absalom. He rather suffer humiliation, suffer loss and he ran off. And this man, Shimi, came across David and his entronage. So he begins to insult him. He begins to say, you know, you, you deserve it. You murderer. You killed King Saul and this is what happened. You deserve it. And curses David and even draws stone to want to uh, kill David. You see, David was with his soldiers and his, one of his men asked David, shall we kill him for treating you with such insult and, 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 and in this, this way. You know, this man could have easily died because he's, in a way, he's not a soldier, in a way he's defenseless. And David's army could easily kill him. But uh, David refused to do that. David is saying, I have a greater battle before me. My son wants to kill me. This is a big battle. Why do I want to be bothered about this small, this is not small, but in comparison, this is a small matter. And he uh, refused to, to, to kill this man. And also David submit himself to God's hand. And he said, maybe God... Uh, uh, this man curses me. God will hear about it and rise up to defend me because of what this man is doing. Because God hears every, every cry. So just leave him alone. Let God uh, deal with it. And story goes when they, Absalom was killed and then they, David came back to rule over the nations again. But this man knew that he was wrong and knew that the king has become, uh, sit on his throne again. So he came back and pleaded for, for forgiveness, for mercy. And uh, again, David's man felt that this is a good time to, to do justice and, and kill this man. And, and, and this man pleaded with David and David said, that uh, uh, David, David spared this man's life. Okay? You shall not die, David said to this man. So can you see, a prudent man can overlook an insult. They will not pick a fight over anything, but they will fight what is worthy, what is 
uh, so crucial, important in in their life, rather than what people say, how people, because they're not going to affect you in any way, except how you feel. So we don't want to act like a fool who has no control over our emotion, who picks a fight over everything. And you will not be a successful man because you're so busy over so many little things. You have no time to deal with what really matters. So if we're wise, let's look at Proverbs 29 verse 11. Fools give full vent to their rage but the wise bring calm in the end. So being able to be in control of our feeling, of our emotion, of our words, keeping control of our words, we can turn the situation around. We can bring about peace, a peaceful ending, or bring us up about blessing through the experience. Proverbs 16 verse 32 he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he, uh, than he who captures a city. If you want to be a winner, if you want to be someone who do great things, then you have to, have a, you have to reign over your own spirit. Because in life, there will be so many people talking about so many things against us. And the worst kind of uh, feeling is betrayal. When people who should stand for you, they begin to betray you, they begin to speak words that is against you. That is the hardest, hardest for us to, to take. But we need to control our spirit. We need to rule our spirit rather than allow our anger to take over. The word says we must be slow to anger. So this is better than uh, the mighty, right? Because when we are slow to anger, we are able to conquer and take possession and take the, uh, and, and be victorious at the end of the day rather than just act out because of our emotion. And then the next thing is in order to control, to keep rain over our tongues, we've got to be patient. Be patient. Someone who is patient is showing great understanding over the issue, the problems that they face. Proverbs 14, 29. Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. So a quick-tempered person, their emotion overrule them, their emotion take control, and they speak out of that the emotion, rather than out of the rational thoughts. So that's why some people, they are so foolish. You know, they talk over a small matter as if it's life and death, the way they talk, the emotion, the expression, the, 
It's just a foolish person who has no control over the emotion. So a quick-tempered person displays the folly, displays the lack of depth, lack, lack of understanding in their life. But whereas a patient person is somebody who is willing to listen, somebody who think through the issue, what they, what they heard. And so when they speak, they speak with great understanding rather than foolishness. They speak, they're able to bring life. And uh, a person who is patient shows that they are humble. They have humility to listen to people. A quick-tempered person, they just react. You know, they, they haven't think through. They, they don't even understand what people are saying at times. So, a hot-tempered person stirs up conflicts. Proverbs 15 verse 18. Stirs up conflicts. But the one who is patient calms a quarrel. A, 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 a hot-tempered person, when they speak, they are very provoking. They are, in, they are fighting. They are inviting you to fight with them. In their temper. So they are not speaking wisdom. They are not speaking, communicating in the, in the right way that brings life. But they stirs up, stirs up conflicts. In other words, it could be a very small matter that can be easily resolved, you know, maybe with a simple questions or whatever. Then it will be resolved. But they stirs up problem. I don't know whether you come across such people. I do. And it's not easy to contain with this kind of person because they let the emotion take over. And they are just provoking, provoking a fight. Unless you enjoy that kind of fight. But I don't. So it's torment, it's torture. You know, when you have to deal with this kind of unreasonable, I would say, animals. Why? Because you can tame an animal, but you, we cannot tame the tongue. So we are worse than animals. Right. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Instead of reacting to what people say, if we have a gentle answer, rather than being angry and provoking, stirring up problem, we turn away wrath. Proverbs 15 verse 1, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 12, verse 18, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The words of the reckless, people who are so careless, 
They don't consider about other people. They don't consider other people's uh, uh, circumstances, background. They just talk. Whatever comes from their reaction, they are irresponsible with their words. Not knowing those words that they speak may just cut, hurt those who are listening. Damage the environment. So a reckless uh, words pierce like swords. We've got to be responsible. We've got to be careful over what we say. You know, because we may bring great damage to the people who hears. But the tongue of the wise brings healing when we know how to control our tongue and we speak words of wisdom. It brings healing, it brings blessing, it brings peace, it brings help rather than provoke, stirring up anger, stirring up uh, a fight. And then, words of wisdom. Well, we just, we just talk about that. So we're going to end with this verse in Colossians 4, verse 6. It says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Full of grace. Because we know God, we have the heart of God, we, we have the love of Jesus inside. So the words that we speak is full of grace, full of mercy. We know people may deserve certain kind of condemnation and so on, but let our words be full of grace. We want to bring about restoration, healing, rather than put the person down and condemn the person. So let our words be full of grace. Let us be a gracious person when we talk, rather than careless, reckless words coming out. Our emotion, our anger, our, you know, all this kind of negative expression just come forth and destroy a relationship, destroy the atmosphere of peace that we are in. And it says, let your words be seasoned with salt. You know, salt brings, uh, is, this, uh, is, is a disinfectant, right? And uh, so we, we know the situation is bad. We know the situation may be rotten. But how do we bring about restoration? How do we bring about healing? How do we purify the atmosphere, the conversation, so that the words that come forth actually helps rather than rubbing salt into the wounds to make it hurt more? You know, we, we, we put in salt to bring healing to bring restoration. So, 
I hope to, from this short teaching, we, we need to go back to meditate on it. You need to look at those scripture verses, especially those that is more applicable to you as, as we share this word. You know, go and chew over it, go and meditate on it, and may the Lord enlighten us so that we will be better in controlling, taming our tongue, so that what we speak will bring forth life rather than bring forth death. And let us be reminded again that we are accountable over the words that we speak. So let's be careful how and what we say. May we bring life, may we bring restoration, healing, hope, love into our situation. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for drawing our attention to this deadly tongue that can destroy, but also a powerful tongue that can bring forth life, healing, restoration, blessing into our life, into our family, into our relationship with people, into our churches and community. So, Lord, we pray that every one of us will allow your words to come in, to speak to us, so that we can examine ourselves, so that we will be in a better control over what we say and what we do, O oh God. May we bring blessing and glory and honor to you in what we do. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.